Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, August the 14th, 2023. It is the 19th Monday in Ordinary Time. It is the eve of the Assumption of Our Lady into Heaven, and it is the feast day of St. Maximilian Mary Colby. Our gospel today, our reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he came into the house, before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census tax? From their subjects or from foreigners? When he said from foreigners, Jesus said to him, Then the subjects are exempt. But that we may not offend them, go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. Open its mouth and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax. Give that to them for me and for you. So uh, so that's pretty wild. Jesus <laughs> performs a miracle of a fish having coins in its mouth so that they can pay the temple tax. I think Jesus is purposely trying to do something ridiculous here to show that the world around us, especially in comparison to heaven, can be very ridiculous with the laws and the restrictions and the things that we're expected to do that are for the building up of corrupt leadership and not for the good of the people. I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to get involved in politics and local and national leadership and things like that. I mean, back in the Roman Empire, there's no getting involved. There's no saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a spokesperson for my community. No, they would just kill you <laughs> if you did something like that. Because the Roman emperor was basically a tyrant, a dictator. And then he had all his little governors, all, once again, little dictators, little mini tyrants. But Jesus in another place says, rend unto Caesar what is Caesar's, pay unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what belongs to God, rightfully belongs to God. It's said in different ways. So do they pay the temple tax? Yes. But God will provide as he does through this fish. And then, of course, my brain always goes to all sorts of different places. Did Jesus put the coins in the fish's mouth? Did he somehow know that there was a fish out there with coins in its mouth? Did he make the coins poof magically appear? Uh, did he make the fish go and find the coins and eat them that happen to be at the bottom of the lake? Um, the sea, I mean. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of things we can speculate about there. People want to speculate about alien life. Well, if Jesus can make coins come out of fish's mouths, he can do anything. So who cares about, you know, we could talk about the one thing with, with aliens, and I don't mean to talk about aliens today, but I think it's fun to just speculate theologically about, well, if 
alien life does exist, how does that work with regard to sin and salvation? Is it possible there's a planet out there where they never had a fall? Is it possible that there's a planet out there that's affected by our fall? Is it possible they had their own fall? And then what does Jesus do with regard to them? Does he go to save them? Does he die for them? Is his death here on earth counting for their redemption? If so, does he appear to them in some way or do they not know they've been redeemed? At least they have the potential for redemption. Anyway, another topic for another day. But I wanted to... uh, a little bit more about the gospel here. Jesus, this passage begins with Jesus talking about his crucifixion. And I think both of these topics, rending unto, unto Caesar, what is Caesar's, and Jesus dying on the cross, they both very much apply to our saint for the day, Saint Maximilian Kolbe. When Maximilian Kolbe was a child, he had a vision of the Blessed Mother in which she asked him, which crown would you like? And she held before him the crown of virginity and the crown of martyrdom. And he said, I want both. And so he got both. He became a Franciscan and basically founded his own group of Franciscans. And they were very much involved in media and they were very much devoted to our blessed mother. So Maximilian Kolbe, if you read about his life and if you read his writings, there's so much wisdom there. There's so much good stuff about being a Franciscan and what that's all about, true poverty and loving the poor, about being devoted to Mary and what that truly means. He takes St. Louis de Montfort's writings about being a slave of Jesus through Mary, being a slave of Our Lady so we can better serve the Lord. And he takes it a step further. He says we should become Mary's thing, Mary's object, her, her possession, her belonging, that she can, like a pencil in her hand, she can just use us to do whatever she wants. And it's not meant to be demeaning. You know, sometimes people maybe struggling with a little emotional, psychological health might read these kind of things and take them to the far extreme that I'm just supposed to be some kind of, you know, tool like in a demeaning way. But no, that's not what it means. It means we have a loving father who's given us a loving mother, the mother of his son. And she wants to bring about the salvation of the world. And she asks us to be her instruments. And so we willingly say, yes, Mary, I trust you. I love you. And I know how loving you are. And I wish to be used by you for the salvation of the world. So St. Maximilian Kolbe did so much good, so much evangelization through the press and through his just personal witness. He spent time in Japan. He's originally from Poland and did so much good in Poland and He, I mean, there's so many great stories of him just evangelizing people all over the place, one-on-one, never mind through the press. And then the Nazis came in and he used his, just his, his gifts, you know, his ability to connect with people, his media that he was developing, the community that was growing under his leadership. And he used this to oppose the Nazis, but not in a political way. He wasn't like wanting to make speeches and debates, you know, against Adolf Hitler, but rather in a way leading to people's salvation, just continuing to let people know their dignity and their worth, continuing to work for the salvation of all. And I mean, what a great example for us today of what we should be doing You know, in terms of now more than ever, we need to be promoting the dignity of the human person, every human person from conception to natural death. 
that life is sacred. And this is, uh, you know, doing it in such a way that was not obnoxious and confrontational, but just persistent and loving and encouraging and not giving up and being such a huge influence on the people. The people of Poland maintained their faith largely due to people like St. Maximilian Kolbe and then later down the road, Pope John Paul II. They maintained their faith through Nazism and then through communism. And so this man did so much good. And he's just, his story is intertwined with World War II because he eventually is going to go to Auschwitz. But before that, he goes to Japan and he founds a center, uh, a faith center, a spiritual center devoted to the press, devoted to Our Lady, devoted to Franciscan spirituality. And it was in Nagasaki. And when the bomb went off in Nagasaki, his center that he founded wasn't harmed and the people inside were not harmed. And it was an absolute miracle that you can read about in the history books. The place that he founded was protected by Our Lady from any sort of nuclear harm, nuclear disaster that, that you know, inflicted the entire area around it, that demolished the entire area around it. Then he's back in Poland and he finally gets arrested. The, 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 the Nazis see what an enemy of theirs he is because of his goodness, because of his love, because of his faith. And finally they arrested him and he went to Auschwitz. And then in Auschwitz, there were 10 men that escaped. So the soldiers rounded up 10 men to take their place in being executed. And as the 10th man was being pulled in line to go to the starvation bunker, he said, please, no, I have a family. I have to get home to my wife and my children, which he eventually did, by the way, because Father Colby stepped up and said, I want to take his place. And the Nazi soldiers initially were so indignant. Who do you think you are? And he said, I'm a Catholic priest. And they said, okay, (laughs) they'd like to see a Catholic priest die. And so they switched him. And Father Colby went into the starvation, starvation bunker with those nine other men. And while normally there would be horrors happening in these bunkers, people screaming and, and just horrified yelling as they eventually lost their energy, eventually died, sometimes eating their own feces, drinking their own urine, just the horrible things that went on and their horrible smells that came out. This time around, you heard singing and laughter from the starvation bunker. Notice I said laughter. This is what God does. He makes us laugh. He makes us enjoy life and not take ourselves so seriously, even when we're being starved to death. And everyone around can see through the window what's going on and hear us. So they sang songs. And he joyfully, peacefully prepared each man for his death. He led each person very calmly into the arms of our Lord. And then he was the last one to go. When they opened up the starvation bunker, he was still alive. So they gave him a lethal injection, which is why he's also patron saint of drug addicts. So St. Maximilian Kolbe, um, he's just a great saint for our day for so many reasons. And I like very much to focus on his devotion to Our Lady because she really is responsible for the conversion of so many people. And he was constantly giving out miraculous medals, constantly promoting that and asking people to wear it. And um, anyway, it's, it's a great lesson for today if we put this together with our gospel. Jesus says he has to die for the world to be saved. 
They're horrified by it. Maximilian Kolbe was not horrified by it because he knew this was going to lead to his own redemption and the redemption of many as we pray to this martyr, as we look to the example of this great saint. And also the part in the gospel passage about paying the coins, paying the tax, rendering unto Caesar and paying the temple tax, etc., Maximilian Kolbe was a good citizen. Being a good citizen doesn't mean being obedient to unjust laws, but it means, I mean, and this is what he did, he was a good citizen. I mean, in, in terms of the just laws he obeyed, he got along great with everybody, but at the same time, he continued to live his faith and promote his faith for the good of the people. Being a good citizen means doing what's best for the people. And he was a free man. He died a free man. He chose his death because he was taking the place of another. He chose to go to jail when he didn't necessarily have to because he was brave in promoting our faith. He chose to be in Poland when he could have been in Japan. I don't know if that would have been safer or not. Both were (laughs) right smack in the middle of World War II. But St. Maximilian Kolbe lived his life as a man in society, constantly promoting the faith, and that is what we are called to do, to promote our faith in whatever way we can, while at the same time getting along with the world, getting along with society. What does Jesus say? And I forget the exact words, but make friends with dishonest wealth so that we will be rewarded with uh, eternal wealth. Like I say, I forget the exact words, but this is a great example of that. St. Maximilian got along very well. He was able to evangelize because he loved everyone and he loved everyone equally. And even in the prison, he showed no resentment. He showed no hatred or vengeance. He simply continued to pray and continued to be a man of great joy. Let us continue to stand up for our faith in our society while being men and women of great joy, great peace, great love, always placing our hearts in the hands of Jesus through Our Lady. Have a great day. God bless you.